From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Tim from the Walker Group. Tim, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, Tim, to kick us off, tell me about yourself and who you are and what you're doing and what you guys are up to. Who I am. So, Brad, I'm a, a frustrated electrical engineer who almost 40 years ago decided he was better at business development than he was with a soldering iron. And so I spent the first part of my career in corporate America as a sales professional and then leading sales professionals, leading sales organizations. And for the past two decades, I've had my own sales training practice based here in Dallas, Texas. That's awesome. What do you guys do? Who do you help and how does that all that work? So uh, we usually get approached, Brad, by sales leaders who really want every rep in their organization to perform like their best rep. Mm. And oftentimes sales leaders spend a lot of time trying to develop their people. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but I found that as a sales leader, my time was better justified actually trying to grow the business and run the business versus trying to develop the people. And so that's where we come alongside sales leaders is when they look at the organization and they say, gee, we've got a gap on our ability to find new business. We have a gap in our ability to score initial appointments. We've got a gap in our ability to manage a pipeline. We've got a gap in our ability to qualify opportunities. That's when our phone rings and that's when we get involved and that's where we add value. Absolutely. So if I'm a CEO or entrepreneur out there and maybe I've done some selling myself and maybe we have that superstar rep that is selling, but maybe the rest of the team needs to get built out or the organization really needs to level up. Where do I start? What are the things that you're seeing companies are doing that it's, hey, this isn't ideal for growth? And what are those sorts of things, you patterns that you're like, okay, this is where the company's at and this is where they should be? I'm a big believer, Brad, that uh, the more things change, the more they remain the same. And one of the struggles I see a lot of organizations, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, one of the struggles I see organizations falling in today is they they try to throw uh, technology at the problem, right? We don't have enough opportunities. We're not winning enough sales. Let's just grow our technology stack, right? Let's automate everything. Let's let's replace quality with quantity and, and see if we can't grow revenue. And I, I'm not saying that won't work. I just think you're going to frustrate a, a lot of people Uh, When you try to get to the finish line that way, I'm a real big believer that just the old fashioned, if you really would focus on teaching yourself people how to sell and worry less about what they sell. And again, that's the dilemma, right? Let's hire all these people. Let's bring them in and let's really teach them all about what we do. Let's teach them all about our products and services. When all you do is teach your salespeople about your products and services, what are your salespeople going to talk about? your products and services. And my experience is nobody really gives a rat's behind about your products or services, right? They don't really care what you do. They want to know what you can do for them. So it's a long answer, short question. I I think we need to worry less about technology, worry less about all of our product innovations and all of our product knowledge, although that's very important, and really get back to the basics of teaching salespeople how to sell. Absolutely. So if I'm an entrepreneur out there, Maybe the knee jerk is like, oh, we need to double the sales team and we need to buy this or that tool and we need to get an auto dialer and make some more calls and just go crazy on the technology front. Whereas I really should just be getting back to the basics of selling 
What are those basics? So in, in my opinion, Brad, the basics are really the basics. So when I'm consulting with an organization from the highest levels, step number one is you've got to have a defined target list. And a lot of sales leaders will say, we've got a CRM and a CRM is not a defined target list. Most of the data in CRMs today will never ever see the light of day. A defined target list is that I, as a sales contributor, know that these are the 10, 20, 50, 75, 200 people that I need to be reaching out and having conversations with. So the first step is you've got to have a defined target list. The second step then, Brad, is if you're going to reach out to these people, and I don't care how you reach out, but you're going to have to initiate a conversation with them, you've got to be able to tell what I call a sales story. And, and a sales story answers two fundamental questions, why you and why now? And most salespeople, most sales organizations have a very difficult time telling a sales story because their sales story is all about we're the best, we're the brightest. Let me show you a map with all these little red dots because that really ought to impress you. And the sales story, again, focuses too much on who we are and doesn't focus enough on how we help other people. So step one is you got to have this targeted list. Step two, you got to be able to tell a sales story that's going to get people to say, hey, I'd like to have that initial conversation with you. Step three, quite frankly, then is you've got to know how to follow up. And most people today don't understand what proper follow-up looks. Most people in revenue generation today thinks uh, proper follow-up looks like this. Hey, Brad, uh, it's Tim. I'm calling to check in with you. Or, hey, Brad, it's Tim. I wanted to touch base. My experience is most people don't need you to check in on them. They're grown adults, right? They're functioning adults. And quite frankly, I don't want you touching my base. So don't offer to touch my base. So how do we follow up in such a way that is that is encouraging, that is insightful, that is valuable, that is fun? We want to follow up in such a way that people don't roll their eyes and shrug their shoulders when they get another email from us or they get another voicemail from us. They're wow, this is this is interesting. Maybe I should give this person 10 or 15 minutes of my time. So you got to have a list. You got to be able to tell a really good sales story and variations of it. You got to know how to follow up. And then the fourth and final step is if you do those first three things, you will win meetings. But once you win the first meeting, you, you got to win that one if you're ever going to get a second meeting. And way too often, we, myself included, as salespeople, we get so jacked up that we finally get that 15-minute appointment that, man, we do the show up and throw up, right? We spray and we pray. We jam everything we can into that initial 15 minutes, and we miss the mark. And the reason we miss the mark is we don't know how to conduct a proper sales call. We don't know how to ask the proper discovery questions, not qualification questions, because if I ask you about need, budget, time frame, and fit, those are very selfish, manipulative sales questions. What I really want to know is where are you at, Brad? Where are you trying to get to? Why is it important to you to get there? What have you tried before? Why did it fail? How does this impact others in the organizations? If I gave you a magic wand and you could wave it and produce a perfect solution, what would it look like? Those are the kinds of questions that we want to be asking versus who besides yourself is involved in the decision-making process, right? Get rid of that and move your game to a new level. Absolutely. I think let's go back to the, the CRM. I think in our organization, we're probably like a lot of companies, it's sometimes the CRM is filled with a bunch of maybe opportunities. Yeah. Oh, this person said they might be interested or this or that or whatever. So it's hard to sift through that. How much in sales do you want to just make your list of 10 people that are like the absolute buyers versus try to navigate the path of all the maybe opportunities and, and all that? Any tips on how to sort through that? I, I always want to work. I always want to work with people that want to make a decision. Yes. Want to make a decision now. Obviously, decision yet. But I want to work with people who are motivated. 
And a lot of CRMs have people that might be motivated. I think our job is to find the people that are motivated. That doesn't mean we can ignore all the others, but if we're going to work with the others, one of the things that I learned and I probably learned late in my career is when you're trying to really understand an opportunity and you're working with somebody initially, make it really super easy for them to tell you no. Way too often, we chase opportunities that aren't real. Uh, I, I call it having a hopium addiction, right? You, you're just hoping this is going to be the next best thing. And the way you say things and the way you do things and the way you treat the prospect makes it really hard for the prospect to tell. Because telling, we, everything we've been taught in life is you don't tell people no, right? Telling people no is going to disappoint them. Telling people no is rude. Telling people no is going to hurt their feelings. And so as a business development professional, you want to just make it really easy. It's, hey, listen, Brad, as much as I'd love to work with you here, I sense that you may have some concerns or see some obstacles about moving forward. Tell me what you're thinking, because I'd rather hear about them now than pretend they don't exist. That is just lowering the barrier. And finally, you're like, wow, I guess Tim can sense this. So you got to kiss a lot of frogs to find a prince, but you don't have to kiss every frog to find a prince. Absolutely. I think that's so important to highlight because I think in sales, it feels good when you get a no, and it also feels good when you get a yes. Yeah. But when you get a maybe, let's touch base again or something, then right. that's when I think you're in the land of purgatory or something. Yeah, I used to always say, if if you're really good at getting maybes, then your children are going to be very skinny because you're just, you're not bringing home the bacon. Get a yes or get a no and move on. Any other tips to find those people in your CRM that are most motivated? I think a lot of it comes down to just some fundamental analytics. You know, if if I believe, Brad, if you look in, inside most organizations and you look at what are some of the best opportunities we've had, do a postmortem of, of what made that opportunity a great opportunity. And there are all these different variables from location and who we were working with to what was the pain point to what was the potential ROI. There's a lot of different variables, but if you look at enough deals that are good deals, I think you start seeing a DNA and you look at that DNA and you say, hey, when we're working with people in this part of the country that are in this industry and we're working at this level and this is what they've tried and this is what the specific pain point is and this is what we think the potential ROI is, those are the people we have the most success with. Well, then cut, copy and paste. Absolutely. Take a quick pause. I had a question on my mind, but it is escaping me now. Oh, I remember. So you mentioned follow-ups and touching base and all this. I, obviously, nobody should probably be sending a message, hey, following up again, on, did you make a decision or are you ready? What should you do instead? Should you just provide them with some new research, insights, maybe like any creative ideas that you've seen work well other than the standard untouching base message? So a couple of thoughts there. First off, if you want to be really good at follow-up, the first thing you should do is you should always have a commitment to what exactly the next step looks like. Brad, if you say, hey, Tim, this is great. Send me a proposal. I'll say, Brad, I'd be glad to send you a proposal. Tell me what date and time we're going to get together next to talk through the proposal. And if you're unwilling to schedule a date and time to talk through the proposal, you're not going to get a proposal. Right, because all because you're just going to treat me like column fodder, right? You just you need another bid, and I'm not going to do that. My time's too valuable. So part of being good at follow up is always make sure you've got a commitment for exactly when the next touch point is going to happen. Is that always going to work? Is is that infallible? The answer is no. So what are some creative things to do? My first piece of advice would be get away from email and get away from voicemail. Those are the two mediums that 99.9% .9 of salespeople use. And there's way too much email and way too much voicemail today. And most of us can't keep up with it. 
try something different, whether it's you're connected on LinkedIn and you're using some sort of social media channel. The backboard, the blackboard behind me is full of handwritten notes. Somebody sends me a handwritten note, Brad. I open that and I read that. When people are like, oh, really? You expect me to take the time and energy to send a handwritten note? Yeah, I would. So it's really getting, quote unquote, outside of the box. What's the old expression? I love going the extra mile because there's just not much traffic there. So look at what everybody else is doing and go in a slightly different direction. Absolutely. And to your point too, instead of just touching base or floating this to the top of your inbox, hey, Brad, this article came across my desk earlier this morning about this thing that's going on inside your industry. I'm sure you've probably already seen it, but I wanted to go ahead and print it out and mail it to you anyway, because I thought there might be others inside your organization that might find this valuable. Now, whether or not you've seen the article, who knows? Whether or not there's other people inside your organization, they're going to find it valuable, who knows? But because I took the time, energy, and effort to print that thing off and send it to you, and it's not about me, but I'm trying to serve you, I'm trying to partner with you versus trying to be a peddler with you, most people will eventually warm up to the idea of, hey, okay, let's go to the next step. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the next topic. Uh, so I think content can be a great thing that helps deals along and sales and all this not only getting people in your funnel, but I know for myself, post a piece of content on LinkedIn, a video, whatever it is, for the deals that are out there, they might see that and then be like, oh, I need to hit up Brad and hang him about what we're thinking. How does that look for you? I know you do a, a video series and you do videos on LinkedIn and all that stuff. Have you seen similar or any learnings with that at all? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important that you try to be a thought leader that way, Brad. And whether you're posting written content, whether you're posting video content, it doesn't really matter to me. And whether you're doing it on LinkedIn, I'll do it on LinkedIn. We also have a database with tens of thousands of subscribers of people that have been through workshops with me. I think you have to constantly feed the herd. You know, The reputation most salespeople get up is we, we only show up when there's food in the trough, right? The only time you're going to hear from me is when there's an opportunity. So if you really want to be the best of the best, you need to stay in touch all the time, not just when you raise your hand and say, hey, Tim, I want to buy something. And part of the way you stay in touch is you're an expert in your space. And so you go, hey, Brad, I know you guys don't have anything going on right now, but I, I just saw this really interesting article, or I just shot this video that's got these interesting insights. And I wanted to share it with you, hoping you and or others on your team might be able to learn something from this, might be able to take some value from this. And that's all part of the nurturing that most salespeople are not very good at. Pete, I, and I don't want to throw everybody under the bus, but I think we all nurture really well when we see a return on effort, right? It's, oh, there's an opportunity in the pipeline. I'm going to suck up. Don't do that, right? Be a person of value all the time, not just when there is food in the trough. Absolutely. I think that's particularly important. I know for us, some of the best opportunities have come from someone that we know gets laid off at the organization or whatever. And you reach out to say, hey, you're thinking of them anything you can do to help, maybe make an intro. You have nothing to gain from them because they don't have a job. They're not at an organization. But I know for us, it always seems to come back later of they're at some new company then and, hey, we want to bring you in on this or that. So I think it particularly, it's different than the content thing, but it highlights always being in touch, not just when there's an opportunity on the table. Another dimension to that, I know that you've spoken with Jerry Acuff and Jerry's just fantastic at what he does. When you start treating customers as more than just customers, but they're actual human beings. So not only do I know about your job and that you've got laid off, 
but maybe I should also learn maybe when your birthday is. Maybe I would also learn where you went to school, right? And if you start garnishing these kinds of personal tidbits, that gives you another reason, another opportunity to show up, right? If you're a let's use a real simple example, the end of at the end of Thanksgiving or the end of November every year, there is a football game where Alabama plays Auburn, right? It's the Iron Bowl, big football game, if you're from Alabama or if you're from Auburn. Gosh, people are in my database that are from Alabama. They're going to get an email from me saying, roll tide roll, right? I hope you guys have a great Iron Bowl. People in my database from Auburn are going to get a War Eagle email from me saying, hey, I hope you guys do really. I don't have a dog in the hunt, but I'm trying to demonstrate that, hey, I'm thinking about you because I remember you went to Auburn or, hey, I'm thinking about you because I remember you went to Alabama. And that's just a real simple example of paying attention to things other than need, budget, time frame, and fit right? Paying attention to, hey, you're a human being. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about how you got here. And really trying to partner with people to not only help them create more success at business, but create more success in their life. Absolutely. I love that. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? The one piece of advice I'd give myself is that consistency matters. Love that. Every day, you got to be in the CRM. Looking over things. Dude, I, I spent way too long trying to hit home runs. Most ball games are not one on home runs. They're one on doubles and singles. Just get people on base and move them around the diamond. Absolutely. Any closing remarks, words of wisdom as we wrap up here today? Sales is a very complicated profession, and it's a skill. And skills can be learned and skills can be taught. And there's no reason if a struggling electrical engineer from a small town in Western Nebraska can create sales success, so can everybody else. And so if you find yourself in a business development role and you're not creating the kind of success you want, man, reach out. There's a ton of help out there, just a ton of help. Immerse yourself and get better. Absolutely. Tim, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom. All right. I hope our paths cross again soon. Absolutely.